Welcome to Keeping Curious, the podcast that explores creative living through conversations with artists, designers and anyone in between. So whether you're just starting out, feeling stuck or a little lonely in the studio, I'm here to keep you company and keep you curious. Today I'm with Lauren Guthrie in her sewing room upstairs of her shop in Moseley. Um, we've just met and had a very quick introduction, so I think we'll dive right in and have a chat and get to know uh, Lauren a little bit more. I was recommended talking to Lauren from Rebecca from the Chitty Cakes episode, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about her story and more importantly, her quite massive career change. <laughs> Hi Lauren. Hi. Yeah. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. good. Thank you. The sun's shining. So the sun is shining. It's good too. finally getting out of winter, <laughs> which is nice. So we're in your shop and we said earlier that it's coming up to its fifth birthday party. Yeah, that's right. And at the end of April, the shop itself will be open for five years. Yeah. <gasps> that's very exciting. Yeah, it feels like quite a big number in this context, yeah. five years. <laughs> well, I think I'm in the process of kind of starting up my own kind of creative business and you get thrown so many stats about small businesses and yeah. if you can survive the first two years, then you're, you're good. So yeah, yeah. five years shows that it's going really well and it's growing. Yeah. So has it always been in this location? Yeah, it's always been in this location and um, as I'm sure you can tell, I'm not from Birmingham, um, but I've lived here for um, almost 10 years now. Okay. Um, And my husband is from Kings Heath, which is why I'm in this area. So that's sort of why I'm here and why we're in this location. Yes my sort of personal circumstances at the time but but yeah it was here that I started the business and that's where I've stayed. So from the little bit of research that I've done you were on the Great British Sewing Bee and you were a finalist. Yeah that's right. Did the shop come after that or was it kind of a pipe dream before that? Yeah so I was already I'd already planned to open the business and I was working on setting it up and during that time of like setting it up um, I saw an advert for the Sewing Bee and then I decided to apply and obviously got through all of the stages. So it was like a, just one of those complete coincidence things that yeah. they sort of happened at the same time. Um, and so it wasn't yeah, it was a result just, of it? it was no, no. It was, of, yeah, you would it have was done just, it anyway. Yeah, it was like a lucky coincidence that when I was actually opening the shop that the sewing bee was on and Perfect happening. Perfect timing. And all of that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I promise it wasn't, it wasn't planned. It was a really lucky coincidence. <laughs> so... You were a physiotherapist before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Were you going into the sewing and wanting to set up the shop before you entered the competition, or was it kind of a hobby, and then that made it more... So, I, 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 my whole life, really, I've been interested in sewing, because my, that's what my mum did. Um, she was a dressmaker, and she worked from home, so she was always sewing, and there was always, like, sewing stuff out in the house all yeah. the time. So, I, I'd always kind of been surrounded by it, and, like, would copy her, and, like, playing with you know her sewing things but then just as I got older and like an older teenager then like school and academic stuff took over and then then you do sort of just well I did anyway just sort of get led down this other path and then just like you know general life just changes yeah. and you suddenly five years have gone <laughs> yeah exactly so I, so I went straight from school I went straight to uni and then after I finished uni I, I got a job as a physiotherapist where I worked for five years in the NHS, um, but so sewing was always there in the background as a as a hobby and as a passion. I just didn't always have the time for it that I, yeah. I wanted to give it. So, have you always designed your own 
clothes? What what part of it? Is it following kind of complicated patterns or is it designing or is it the fabric? What's the uh, real bit that turns the, the, you on the, with it? The, the real bit that I really enjoy is like imagining the construction and how something will come together. So when I, when I was a bit younger and I, I didn't like say maybe like early teenage years, I used to really love making handbags Okay. and they would have zips and pockets and like all, you know, different shapes to them and everything. And I would, I would sit and I would like visualize this thing coming together in my head. Like I'll need this part and it'll need to be this shape and I'll have to sew those bits first before I do these bits. And I just really loved that like 3d construction yeah. process. So I used to like make up my own designs and put all the stuff together. And then, and that was like very experimental. But then as I got a bit older, then I learned more about patterns and sewing patterns that already existed and that you could use them to put to put together clothes and make garments. So then that's how I sort of got into that. So, um, and then you can put your own spin on it. So I've never actually like designed my own clothes from scratch in that sense of making a pattern, yeah. but I would always just have my own interpretation of it. And obviously you choose your own fabrics and you choose what, yeah. what it looks like. But once I learned about sewing patterns, that was always my kind of base. So have you got clothes. a favorite look like you said you start off with handbags where are you up to now what are you interested in what's your favorite thing well well I've always been a really practical sort and that I'll make something that I know I'll use yeah. or that, that that I need in my life so you know I used to love making bags because what girl doesn't like playing <laughs> bags and stuff and like filling them with things I don't know um so you know I, I liked making that but then I'll, I'll make everything from like things from my house like blinds or curtains or cushions if I need them I'll make yeah. them um, and then now I'm kind of at the point where the majority of my clothes I've made and so so I like making clothes that I can wear regularly that I can wear every day that are maybe gaps in my wardrobe um, so I'll make a huge variety of things really depending on what I need yeah. and what I want but you're quite um, like the actual practical side of making and just yeah. finding a need and then working yeah. out how to yeah. fix it yeah and that's part of the satisfaction of it for me as well is I can be like oh I really fancy having this thing oh, yeah. I'll just do it just myself make it. Yeah, just make it myself <laughs> yeah. so how important is fabric is that really key or does it not matter so much in terms of your creativity for, for me for me personally and the things that I sew and the, the enjoyment that I get out from it fabric is really important because I like sewing with quality fabric because the thing that I have at the end I want it to be really good quality yeah. so then part of that is going to be the fabric that you use but if you are sewing to primarily just learn how to sew and just practice how to sew then the fabric's maybe not quite as important I think yeah. it depends what the final outcome is if the final outcome is that you want to just generally get better at putting fabric through a machine yeah it's not you cheap matter. stuff <laughs> but if you if, if part of the process for you is that you want to have this amazing thing at the end then use nice fabric yeah. for it yeah so taking it back to working in the nhs for five years at what point did the sewing kind of scream into the forefront well i've, I've always been somebody who will very intensely just dedicate everything to what I'm doing whatever is in front of me I will just give it everything that I've got and 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 at the time in my life when it was physiotherapy that was in front of me I gave it everything I had I did lots of extra training courses I was away at the weekend doing these training courses I was studying for exams in the evening like I was literally just giving it all I had yeah. because that's just who you always are. been my nature 
but then it kind of got it got to this sort of like saturation point where I was like I just I just can't do this anymore I just don't feel it anymore it's Mm -hmm. not I'm, I'm spending so much time doing all of this I'm really stressed at work and then when I'm not at work, I'm studying yeah. or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on something else or I'm researching something and it just, it just got all too much. And I was like, I can't, I can't sustain this level. It was like, I just peaked mm. too soon and I was just doing too much. And I realized that I didn't, I didn't care for it as much as I, I originally you almost thought I did. cared about being good at it and being the best at it and learning as much as yeah, you could at it. Yeah. And then once you've done that, yeah yeah the passion wasn't there and at at that time in the job that I had I had the opportunity to do um a part-time um sort of sabbatical to another team within the area that I worked in so it sort of meant I almost had two part-time jobs in a sense they were still both physiotherapy jobs but they were working in different areas they had different specialities and that was for a six-month period I could sort of do this split and then after the six months ended, I decided to just not go back to one of them. Mm. So it meant that I just kept, I just effectively kept one of those part-time jobs. Yeah. And so then it meant I just had free time for the rest of it. And I, want, I was just really lucky at that point in time that I had some other financial security. And I, could, I, you know, I was really lucky I had the choice to do yeah. that and the opportunity to do that. And, and I took it. Um, and it, so it just gave me more time to, to, to try and experiment with other stuff and be creative. I was going to say, was sewing at the forefront in your mind at that time or is it literally, I'm burnt out, I need to just take a bit of time to rediscover well, me? Well I, well, I was, yeah, I was definitely burnt out and I wanted to, to rediscover what I, what I loved again or just find something that I loved to do. And, and I just, I did lots of different things. I did an upholstery class like an evening upholstery class and I did a painting class and I just was like trying lots of different things and I found this online course um called do what you love and it was like a six-week course that just gave you different activities to do and just asked you you know questions to think about what was important in your life or what you wanted to achieve or you know if you knew you couldn't fail what would you do yeah those kind of things that day to day you don't tend to if you didn't have to make money what would you do yeah Yeah, exactly so I did that and at the end of that process I realized that actually I wanted my job and my career and my focus to be something creative and and I still didn't quite know what that was going to be but it felt like I just just sort of had this realization that actually no I'm, I'm not going to go back to what I was doing before this is a change this yeah. is going to be a change in my life and of what I've realized over the years is that there are always lots of opportunities in life and unless you're open to them they won't you won't see them there could yeah. be there could be a 20 pound note lying right in front of you but unless you've got your eyes open and you're looking at the world mm. you will not see it and and so, so at that point in time when I was realising, you know, this is a change, I'm not going to do what I've always done, I'm going to do something different, this opportunity came in front of me and that my husband owned this building that we're currently in just now. A beautiful building. <laughs> and he'd owned it for, he'd owned it since before I'd met him um, and it was it was kind of a, it was kind of a bit of a dead end, it'd been derelict for a long, long time and it wasn't really usable at all and we kind of needed to 
you know, within our own personal situation in our lives, we needed to do something with this build and it was it was a bit of just a dead weight, basically. Yeah. So we decided to um, save what money we could, use the bit of money that we had and just slowly start to renovate it ourselves. And so we would, we would renovate it and then I would try this business idea that I had in it and if it worked, it would be great and I would have a job that... That I wanted to do and it was my passion and if it didn't work you know it would be fine you've renovated the building we would have renovated the building yeah. and that would have solved that problem so so we just sort of took that situation that was in front of us and saw it as an opportunity really to try something different and just just go for it and when I look back on what I did at the time and how and that decision that I made, I was probably quite naive about what was actually involved in it. I think that's probably the best way. But, but it is, yeah. If I had actually known what was going to yeah. happen over those subsequent like six, seven years, I would have probably been terrified. But sometimes yeah. you just have to, you just have to yeah, live in I, the moment and just go with it. I love that one. I don't know whether you've ever seen it. That's like a roadmap. And you think that it should be like a straightforward A to B. Yeah. But the reality is it's like this Jackson Pollock me- messy thing. If you try and think of it in that way, yeah. it's terrifying. But if you just put one foot in front of the other, you could complete that path yeah. without any problems yeah. and, and no overwhelm. And I'm definitely one that likes to see from above and kind of go, how am I going to do this? And yeah. what's it going to look like in 10 years? Yeah. And through doing these conversations, it's definitely been sometimes that doesn't help sometimes you just have to trust your gut and just this feels like the right thing to do and as you said like it was a bit of a risk but renovating the building worst case scenario you sell the building yeah exactly it's not wasted time yeah yeah so you were kind of how far along the renovation when you applied to do the show so um so I I resigned from my job as a physio um how did that feel it felt it felt exciting it felt it did feel like it marked like this is it now yeah like this I'm is doing it. I'm yeah. leaping and um and it was it's funny because on the same day my husband actually left his job as well um, and because and he he was getting a he was he'd got a new job so he was resigning from his job and we were sat with our the laptops on our knee we were like right let's do it <laughs> like we both hit send at the same time yeah <laughs> And then the way we'd sort of timed it when he was starting his new job, we had seven weeks off together. So we oh, went nice. we went travelling to South America for seven weeks. And then we knew when we came back, like, that was it. Like, yeah. he was starting a new job. I, I effectively didn't have a job. I was just going to be renovating this building. Um, and, yeah, then it just it just started from there. And then it was it was... So once we got back and we had started the process of renovating, it was like during that time that I that I saw the advert for the so and be and and had you applied for on it. other things or was that literally just no like it, like, it lit- like it literally just popped up because I did all my friends that in Birmingham were all physios and they didn't none of them liked sewing yeah and <laughs> um, so I didn't really have any friends that shared the same like creative interests as me so um, I just tried to find some local Facebook groups that were like crafty groups or crafty meetups and like joined these various different Facebook groups and it was on one of them that this advert for the sew and bee popped up and I was like oh what's that like that looks interesting and yeah then I I thought well what have I got to lose and how did you find it it? it? because um I was quite lucky with my last job I was with one of the artists that was on the sky arts portrait artist of the year oh yeah and I was kind of 
not coaching him through it, but I got to see a lot more of the behind the scenes and kind of you get to appreciate the kind of timelines that you're working on. And it, I think it takes a certain type of person to thrive in those environments. I think yeah. they're quite stressful, even yeah. though you're, you know what you can do and you're competent with it. I suppose like the bake-off is, you know you can bake, but put yourself in a tent with loads of other people competing and someone trying to talk to you while you're doing it. Yeah. It's a whole new headspace. Yeah. So how did you find that? I, I quite enjoyed it, really. I guess maybe if you're saying it has to take a certain type yeah. of person, like <laughs> I am that person. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I, I like being busy and I guess in that sense, I like being under pressure. I'm like flustered. Having, I like, yeah, like having things to do to keep me busy. So um, so I did really enjoy it. When, when I was a teenager, I used to do like drama club and I was in a lot of like I was in um all the school plays and all of that kind of thing and you do you know you do have to have a certain sense of confidence I guess yeah. when you do those kind of things so I don't I don't know if that helped that like in the heat of the moment and you know you've got something to do like you just pull yourself together and you just have to do it yes yeah. whether those that what I did you know as a as a young adult in those situations and in theatre club and mm. school or whatever helped me. I think confidence is um, a major thing as well. I think that uh, creatives do tend to be on the kind of introverted side and those kind of opportunities you need to be on the extroverted. So if you yeah. can tap into that and if you can have that basis of kind of confidence building and yeah. people skills, I think it helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. So what were the challenges like? Because I, I watched The Great British Zombie, but I don't think I watched the one that you were in. Yeah. I guess it was just, the, as in the actual sewing challenges yeah. themselves, you mean? They were, they definitely pushed me to the limits of what I'd sewn before. And you didn't really get that much notice of what, what they were going to be either. So they would, for each, so there was four episodes in the series I did and they would just tell you like the main thing, like the showstopper thing. that you yeah. would, They would tell you the theme for that and you had to kind of plan that beforehand. And they were always things that I'd never done before. <laughs> Apart from the first one, the first yeah. one was a day dress and I'd made quite a few yeah. dresses so that was fine but um, yeah the subsequent ones was like um, was like a luxury blouse with like a silky fabric which was quite hard to work with, a jacket and then like an evening dress and I don't really have a glamorous life and I don't go to <laughs> red balls carpets or balls time. or anything so, and I, so I'd never made anything like that before, yeah. you know, I'd never made a, a really fancy outfit like that before so so I was I was challenged in terms of like the actual thing I had to make and the fabrics that I had to work with too. But what it made me realise is that if you know I, I had to do it, I wanted to do it. Or, you know I wanted to stay in the show. I didn't want to get sent home. Yeah. I just I just had to get on with it. And actually now when I look back, I think would I have ever had the confidence to do that if mm. I had if somebody hadn't been like, okay, this week you're gonna be making do that a jacket. <laughs> You know, I don't think I would have ever put myself through that in life, mm. but it just showed me that actually sometimes you just have to try, and even if you even if you don't really know how to do it, you know, it might it might be fine, it might yeah. work out, it might be okay, but yeah, it's having that confidence to try. So that experience definitely gave me confidence to try things, other things, just generally that maybe I would have been scared to do before, because you know what's the worst that can happen. Yeah, but I think it's amazing that really it's it all lined up. Not that you could have planned it at all, yeah. but you were in a headspace to go for an opportunity and you're also quite available to 
go for filming because yeah. um, mm-hmm. they do tend to work quite quickly. It's oh, can you come in for filming on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, if you've got a full time job, that can be quite tricky to yeah. actually book the time off. Yeah. So it almost it links up once you've opened up to the universe that yeah. I'm free and available for any opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really kind of interesting. So once you'd done the show. Was it quite a long time before it got aired, or was it? Yeah, quick? it filmed in the October of two thousand and twelve, and then it went on air in April two thousand and thirteen. Okay, so, but in this time you'd kind of renovated and started opening. Yeah, so 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 during that that time was like more towards the end of the renovation, and then in the January of that year. Uh, I met up with a friend and she was like, you know, when are you going to open? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it just seems like this is never ending. Like, you know, I paint one wall and I turn around and there's another <laughs> one to do. Like, I don't, I, like, I can't see the end. And she was like, you just need to decide when you're going to do it. Like, this is not going to happen unless you just say, I am opening the shop on yeah. this day. So she sat down with me and we looked at the calendar and we looked at when school holidays were and we looked like, would this be a good time? Will people be around? Like, what's happening? And we, we sort of mapped it out and worked backwards a little bit and we said, right, this is the day the shop is going to open. And then, and that was just it, like it was in the diary, the shop was opening on that day. And then the, 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 the production company was just like really vague about when it would be on TV, so they'd be like, yeah, it's going to be in the spring. And I'm like, when's the spring? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then... And they were just never telling me. And then eventually, like, I was just looking at a, a through a copy of Molly Makes magazine one day, and there was a little thing like the So and B TV shows coming on. The first episode will air on the second of April, and I was like, oh, well, that now, okay, <laughs> thanks for telling me. Yeah. And that was the first time that I knew that it was coming on TV, <laughs> the second of April. I'm pretty sure it was that day. And so, and then when we counted the weeks. The, the final was aired on the Tuesday and we were opening on the Saturday. Oh, perfect timing. So, like, I literally just, like, that was a total coincidence. Yes. Like, I decided in the January, like, this is when the shop's opening. Yeah. And it was just really fortunate that it was literally, like, just at the same time. Yeah. And was it planned to have the school open at the same time as the shop? Or yeah. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was kind of part of, like, the business plan that I had. Yeah. Um, because part part of my job as a physio is what was sorry was was, was, <laughs> yeah, was to teach people. You do teach people a lot. You you know you're explaining to them yeah. what's wrong. And I used to teach classes as well as being a physio. And I, I you know I, I loved that part of it, being able to help other people by mm. explaining things to them or teaching them. And I just really wanted to. I just love sewing so much and I wanted other people to feel that love as well and like get that same feeling yeah. that I get when I sew. So that's why I really wanted to do workshops as well and that was always kind of part of it for Yeah, me. and I think it's, it goes back again to the confidence because I would love to be able to sew and my nan was a haberdasher and she had like under the stairs, she had a little studio and yeah. a singer sewing machine and I've got so many memories of that and I've always kind of wanted to honour her by learning to sew and then I sit at the machine and I go and this thread breaks and I go "Mm, maybe not (laughs) but it is kind of that I'm in control and I can do this yeah this I can follow a pattern and yeah like I think that having a school in this kind of environment it will break down a lot of those fears and I think with a shop like you've got yes you want people that are passionate about sewing already but you really want people to kind of 
want to get better and want yeah, to experiment yeah, and keep yeah. it might and start with a cushion but then they'll exactly and all the staff that work in the shop are really passionate about sewing as well they all sew themselves and they've got a lot of knowledge and experience and and they and they love helping people too yeah. and you know it's it's not uncommon for somebody to be in the shop for an hour plus just chatting and getting ideas or getting advice and getting yeah. help and that's that's a really important part of the of the business for me. Is that quite nice for you as well? Because we were saying that when you first moved here and all your friends were physio and you didn't have that outlet of creative people. Yeah. That you've now got a shop full of people that are passionate about yeah. what you're passionate about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is great. And, it, and it, you know, it helps with inspiration and motivation and you get new ideas all the time. Or it's just, yeah, it's just a really nice environment to be in. Yeah. So what's the plans for the fifth birthday? So we're gonna just I just want it to have like a really good party vibe in the shop so yeah. we're gonna have lots of balloons and the DJ's gonna come to play cool music and um, have fizz and snacks and stuff and I just I just want lots of people to come and just yeah. have a good time basically oh. um, and we get to know so many of our customers because um, they you know they like coming in and they like chatting to us and I just I guess it's a chance for them to come and meet to almost just say thank you to them as well yeah. because they they they've make, made it they've made it yeah they make the business worthwhile and um, so yeah it's just a chance to oh, that's celebrate yeah so what's the this is probably the final question but what's the plan kind of moving forwards what's your next kind of ambitions you... I would I would really love to to have my my own things that I sell because at the moment everything that I sell in the shop is just stuff that I get from elsewhere and I'd really love to put some of my energy into creating something that is that is mine. Okay. So what would that kind of so look like? Whether whether it's like fabrics or patterns or yeah products. I don't know. I don't know. It's something that's like yeah, yeah yeah. I've been I've I've been so like busy and kind of entrenched in like the day-to-day running of the business for a long time and that started to get a bit more balance for me now because I've got I've got a daughter so I can't work as much as I used to and I've got a bigger team which makes running the business a lot easier and it gives me more headspace to to think about bigger things and think about other things but um, that's what you'd like to say yeah I think I think these things do take time and, and I am guilty of it a lot that I just I put a lot of pressure on myself to do things right now, like I just want to do everything <laughs> right now. But but you can't do that no. sometimes, and you have to just you you can't let that feeling of guilt or like that you haven't done it right now to hold you back. You just need to like, you know, just continue to keep plugging away at things yeah. and keep keep going and keep doing things and yeah, see where it happens. Yeah, I've thought of one more question. Okay, <laughs> just because I like asking this one because I I'll preface it with. It's describe your perfect day, but you can be in any location and you don't need to worry about travel time. So you can wake up anywhere in the world, you can go to bed anywhere in the world, you can eat in different places. Eating is normally quite a big thing for me. Um, But it's literally what would set your inspiration on fire? What would be like perfect? And it might just be wake up, be in the shop, go home. That can be your perfect day, but... Um. Well, I'll I'll centre it more around work because because I would love to just be able to play with my daughter all day without feeling yeah. guilty that I should be at work and that would be pretty perfect. Yeah. But but in terms of like a more kind of work angle on it, I guess to like wake up feeling refreshed. Where would you wake up? In my own bed. Okay. I would drink water 
what kind of time is this ideal like, perfect like time? seven okay seven. yeah i'll drink water i'll do yoga nice i'll drink coffee <laughs> <laughs> i would eat fruit salad and yogurt oh you're very with, healthy with um nuts on top yeah i would i would come into work and have like a really productive meeting with with my team yeah where we had lots of ideas about new things we were going to have one of those really zingy um, ones that get everyone yeah, gets fired and up. everybody's like yeah <laughs> and then then i would maybe have like a lunchtime meeting somewhere in one of the nice cafes nearby yeah with someone and then in the afternoon i would do some sewing yeah on your own on personal thing it would well that's always like a little little bit of a blurred line because I'll sew stuff that is for me but it's also to, for, as part of a blog post or maybe yeah. like, <laughs> as like you can sew this with the fabric we've got um, but it always is for me so yeah I would do some some kind of sewing like that and then and then I guess pick my daughter up from nursery and just play with her for yeah. a bit put her to bed and then cook, cook a really nice meal because I love cooking and I just don't get time to do it anymore so just yeah. have a fridge something that's like, quite takes a bit of time to do that yeah, you enjoy yeah, the process yeah. mine's always a risotto if I need to just yeah, like get in the yeah. zone like the fridge would just be full of loads of nice food and be like mm, what do I fancy okay, <laughs> whip this up yeah and then and then have a really early night and have an amazing night's sleep you know sounds what? great sounds perfect <laughs> yeah but this is why I love asking that question because everyone's is completely different and some people ping across the world some people just recreate a holiday that they've had some yeah. people are like my life's pretty great and I would just do what I do and maybe just eat a bit more <laughs> so I just like asking that one because I think everyone's different and I think that what fires people up is different and yeah. you can kind of by asking that you can kind of get a sense of what inspires you and I think I got that it's people people kind of make you fizzy mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so thank you very much thank you and that is the podcast. Chat. yeah That's it's been great to chat Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Keeping Curious. A big thank you to Lauren for letting me into her shop and showing me around. I loved Guthrie and Garney. I think it's an absolutely beautiful shop um, and I'd love to take part in one of the sewing workshops. Uh, it's an amazing space and I definitely think you should check it out if you're ever interested in anything to do with sewing. After we stopped recording, we had a nice chat about how you go and create your own luck and I thought that was really uh, inspiring. I left the studio on a complete high I really enjoyed this conversation and I think the most that I took away from it is when she was in her kind of darkest days and she was going to give up a career that she'd pursued for five years she didn't just go back to sewing straight away I think that was the most inspiring part of it that she would just opened herself up to different experiences she knew that she wanted to make creativity center to her life so she took that time to really explore what it was that got her excited and I think it's been great to see how she's over time brought the things that she did enjoy from physiotherapy which was the training and the teaching and brought that into her kind of creativity through the workshops um it's absolutely amazing but the thing that really resonated with me was that question she kept asking herself is what would you do if you couldn't fail and I think so many of us need to ask ourselves that question because everyone harbors a desire that they never really unlock because of the what if and this could go wrong and this could go wrong 
Um, so yeah, what would you do if you couldn't fail? Because at any point in anyone's life, you can always go in a different direction. And I love that. And I think that's a really important message for us all to kind of remember that if we're feeling a bit stuck, you're the one that's putting yourself there. You can get out of there. You could do a different um, scenario altogether. And I think that's really liberating. Um, so yeah, big thank you to Lauren. I loved getting to know you a little bit more. I'll definitely be back in the shop and good luck with the five-year birthday party. As I said, I'll put everything in the show notes so everyone can check out. Um, and I would really recommend it. It's an absolutely beautiful shop. Um, and if I could sew, I would be buying quite a lot of fabric from there. Um, but time will tell. I just wanted to do a quick catch up on uh, Keeping Curious news. So we are now officially one years old. Um, we've passed the anniversary and from now on I will be looking to do catch up episodes with everyone that's been on the podcast so far to really just see how that year's been for them. Um, there'll be shorter episodes, maybe about 20 minutes and it'll just be to find out how things are progressing, what challenges people have faced and what they're hoping for in the next couple of years. So hopefully that'll be really interesting for you. I've also recruited a couple of guest writers to add on to the blog. So I've so far got Catherine Pitt and Katie Harker who will be putting their own contributions in over the next couple of months. Um, if you would like to write for Keeping Curious, please drop me a message on the website keepingcurious.com uh, I'm always looking for kind of anything that would be inspiring. I would really would love someone that's interested in food because I think it'd be really nice if we could share recipes. Um, I could do a bit of plagiarism on the internet, but I think it'd be really nice to have someone just who's tried and tested uh, and could share that with us. So if you're interested in anything like that, please drop me a line. And yeah, as ever, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're new, please feel free to join the Facebook group to connect with other creatives. They're at all different stages of their journey and we're really there to just support each other and kind of share things that we've been inspired by or messages that kind of resonate. So yeah, look forward to seeing you there. And as ever, take care and keep curious. <laughs>